When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run on a Tuesday night. one 736 736 The Harcourt's open line is exactly that. Your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt's. Your say on the news of the day as we bring you up to speed on all the major topics uh, and all the major news throughout the last 24 hours or so of sport after a massive uh, Anzac weekend. Uh, four days of footy, a heap of other sport uh, that we can have a chat about as well. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six to give us a bell on the Harcourt's open line. You can text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the Temper text machine. Temper, a mattress like no other. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can. However you've been putting it in, wherever you've been putting it in, it's great to have your company. No matter where you're listening or how you're listening on the SEN network, we do it all for Maccas. The My Maccas reward has arrived. You can earn rewards with every Maccas run. Order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. Um, why don't we start with this? What a surprise. Massive surprise. Massive, massive surprise. But the sky didn't cave in. The world didn't come to an end. The game didn't cease to exist as we know it. All in all, it was a pretty darn good weekend of footy, except if you're the Giants or the Roos or the Eagles or the Suns and maybe anyone else who lost as well. But further to that surprise, what an even bigger surprise that we quickly established that personality and emotions are not and never have been wrapped up in a player being able to whinge at umpires. Lo and behold, we got through okay, everything's all right, the world didn't end, and the game is okay. And in more of a surprise on a surprise on a surprise, shock horror, the players were absolutely fine. They adopted brilliantly and should be congratulated on showing what, for some reason, so many people, including a heap of ex-players actually, thought they couldn't do, and that was be disciplined, show restraint, have an emotional and situational intelligence, the ability to put the best interests of their team above their own ego and desire to give umpires what for. And in more of a surprise on a surprise on a surprise on a surprise, the umpires. They were, as always, showed great judgment on the issue and were only too happy to engage in conversations of clarification on certain decisions where and when it was appropriate. As I said last week, the upheaval, the DEFCON Level 5 furor that unfolded um, to a change to football. And it was an interesting change. I get that. But the overreaction, the overreaction I think, <laughs> may be the greatest overreaction in the history of the game. It may still stumble at times. 
but it will be okay, as it was this week, a non-issue, and it will be infinitely better for the game as a whole. There were no dramas at all. There was maybe one, but that's all right. There'll be a couple more teething problems, and then it'll be like it never, ever occurred. It'll just be part of the game and how we know it. And I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one that thought that about today. Let's listen to Gary Lyon earlier on. We, we've had one, we haven't had one phone call on it, and, we, and we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. I've seen one come through, right? Last week it was the end of, not the end of the world, yep. but it was spoken about as footy's going to change forever. It's not. We all know where we want to get with it, and it appeared to me that we just about got it right. See, we're okay. We're all good. Everything's fine. A great weekend of footy. And well done to, to, to the AFL, uh, to the clubs, to, to the teams, to the players. Uh, and, and for by and large, 99.9999% of the fans who show such great respect and reverence to the occasion, the Anzac round has become, you know, Anzac Day game 1995 it started to now what it is as an Anzac round is such a, a beautiful recognition and a way of paying respects to those who have served, protected, either given of their lives or, or, or served their country um, for us to enjoy the freedoms that we do. It's, it's brilliantly done. It's just so beautifully done that the the Anzac Eve game is now, I think, a game that if you haven't gone to, you've got to put it on your bucket list. It is so powerful to have the last post, the, the eternal flame lit, and they they bring it up from the Shrine of Remembrance, and it, it's lit. You know the the um, the horse brigade, the light horse brigade that brings uh, Karangamite, I think the Light Horse Brigade was from, and, and they bring it around and, and light it in darkness. Uh, people have lit their phones up. It is poetic um, and, and such a a beautiful way of, of showing respect, which was done incredibly well over the course uh, of the weekend. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Phil's in Bayswater, who wants to have a, a quick yarn as I just try and get this thing to work. Uh, Phil, hello to you. Phil, come on in, mate. Yes, mate. Go again, yeah, Phil. I've got you there now. You got me? Yep. Hello? Yep, got you loud and clear, mate. I You're think, on air. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think the game was done beautifully from an Anzac perspective, mate. So, agree, it was great to get 84,000 people there and roll the bombers. But about the umpires, mate, I think the calibration of the uproar got us to a wonderful point. I think the respect for umpires is important. But... I think we had too many anomalies, mate, that actually made it stand out too much. So I think the uproar brought us to where we needed to be. It was just disappointing that it happened mid-season. But I think we're at a good point. We move on and just enjoy the footy. Uh, absolutely, Phil. I think, look, it, like any new thing you bring in, and as I said last week, this is the greatest quantum leap that the game's made in a space to try and stop 160 years of treating umpires like second-class citizens. They're enforcing a rule that's been there for a long time. It's just never been enforced. Um, yep, as I mentioned last week, they failed in every way, shape or form that you can possibly fail the AFL in bringing people along with this. They should have gone with an election-style campaign uh, to bring everybody on board. I'm talking ads, I'm talking radio, TV spots. Get every, it, it, We should have been get to a point where before the first ball was bounced in round one, we were like, that's enough now, we get it, we understand, we're on board and we, and we know what's going to happen. So they failed monumentally in that. But the last week, after a few hiccups, and that's all it was, just a couple of hiccups. You, you would have thought that this was it for us and that the world was going to close in around us and uh, we needed to say goodbye to our loved ones because um, 
the, the, the greatest of tragedies was about to befall the human race. It was overreaction of the highest order. Uh, but I think you're right, Phil. Now we can just get on with it. Now uh, there'll be a couple that'll pop up and we'll go, oh, that's probably not that's probably not it, or, you know, that one should have been paid that wasn't. But that's like every other rule in every other week. Uh, Josh is in Campbell's Creek. G'day, Josh. G'day, how's it going? Good, mate. That's good. Uh, yes, I wanted just to chat about something that probably hasn't been brought up probably enough. Um, but when Jack Kinnivan, who um, I actually played junior cricket and footy against, so um, no surprise that he's sort of already made a name for himself. Yep. Um, but but um, the crowd booed uh, during the uh, Anzac Day presentation. Um, now, it's the second year in the row the Essendon fans have done that, um, and maybe some Collingwood fans, I don't know. Um, but I just want to get your opinion on the booing because, look, I know it's part of the game, but there is a time and a place for it. And really, I don't think um, after the game is finished on Anzac Day, such a special um, occasion uh, for so many people, um, I don't think that's really a time to be booing just because you're not happy with something. Maybe hold the emotions aside during that time because... You know, it's a very special and uh, a heartfelt time. Um, and for fans to be booing um, during a presentation uh, probably isn't the right time to be going about it. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to get your thoughts on, on that. Uh, Josh? Just a, a standing ovation to you. It is the next item on my list of things to discuss, Josh. And good news uh, on that. Uh, Jack's dad, Craig, is actually going to join me at 6.30 uh, to be on the show after he won the Anzac medal, kicked five goals. Brilliant display from Jack. I could not agree with you more. Uh, as I said, the 99.99% of people who show such reverence and respect to the occasion that the Anzac weekend is and the round of games to what Anzac Day is, and footy's played a big part in uh, reconnecting people to that day, and reinstalling a lot of the pride that we have in that day. 2019 is when Scott Pendlebury was booed, and this was then. Uh, just on behalf of both sides, I want to thank the crowd. Um... Yep, so that is, and I said at the time, as shameful a display from a, a group of fans as I can ever remember seeing. Uh, this wasn't as bad, but it was certainly noticeable when Jack Ginnivan's name was read out. The winner of the Anzac Day medal is Jack Ginnivan of the Collingwood Football Club. Yep, so you can hear it there near the end, and, and I just thought that was an out-and-out out disgrace. So once a siren sounds, as we all know, no matter what might be happening on the field or if you've been engaged, and you know he was copying it, and then he turned around and gave the shush when he kicked one of his goals. He ended up kicking five. No one's done that since 2008 on an Anzac day. I think it was Cloak kicked five and Medhurst kicked six. So it's an extraordinary effort, especially from someone who's only in, in their 10th game. But if, you don't, if you're not aware in football, and I'm amazed that we have to teach some Essendon fans what the Anzac Day game means, given you've had it since 1995, um, you've actually brought shame upon the, the, the 99% of Essendon fans who do the right thing to the club itself and to the occasion 
itself. I mean, it is just, what a bunch of cretins. You're booing the Anzac Day medalist on Anzac Day. How do you not understand what that means? The siren's gone. The game is over. If you want to boo him when he kicks a goal, I get that. I get the theatre of it. But do you have no understanding of the significance of this day? No amount or modicum of respect for the name on the medal. I, I, I would hope that Essendon come out and apologise. I, I can't remember if they did or not when Pendlebury was booed. I know it wasn't as bad as Pendlebury, but it, it was still noticeable and it was still quite shameful on the day. And I feel for Essendon fans who now have to be lumped in with those, I'll, use, I'll just use the words cretins again because I, the words I'd want to use, unfortunately I'm not allowed to on radio. I'd have to dump myself. Um I, I cannot for the life of me think why why that would happen. Uh, and it's very, very disappointing. You, do you notice that when the siren goes, the players all shake hands? Yeah, that's, that, that's when the, that means that the game is over and what we've been through now is finished and now we, we celebrate what the occasion was. I, I still think they should be really, really ashamed. And, and I would hope that there was Essendon fans in the crowd who, who maybe just tapped those people on the shoulder and said, you're giving us all a bad name. You really are. Uh, 1-300-736-736. So, Josh, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Jack's dad, Craig's going to be on the show at 6.30. If you are an Essendon fan that booed, get, come on and try to defend that to me. 1-300-736-736. Actually, come on and speak to me. Don't text in, but try and explain to me why you think that was decent behaviour and why you thought that was okay, that on that day where we celebrate the very best of us of what people have done, just a game of footy, I know, but we are there to pay respects and celebrate the best of us. You want to bring, you want to try and show the worst of us. An incredible amount of disrespect. Once a siren goes, it's over. Okay, it's over. One three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Just speaking of Jack Inman, a lot been spoken about uh, him today and his performance yesterday. Uh, Scott Pendlebury was on with Brecky uh, and had a chat about exactly just what kind of guy uh, Jack is. Sort of cottoned on that he won the Anzac medal because someone was talking to him. And before the mic come to him, I said, make sure when you get up there, you just don't say what light work to start. That won't <laughs> go down well. Um, no, nah, he's a guy who works um, extremely hard. And his pre-season was phenomenal. Um, you'd be able to tell you better than I, but he was here, rookie list pick. Yep, yep. I think he was a rookie list. So a guy off second year rookie list pick to, to do what he's doing is... 10 games into his career and he's already an integral part of, of what we do and um, he's just so classy. He works really hard on his goal kicking so it's sort of there's no surprise to, to what he did yesterday with all his finishing stuff. He worked so hard on it and yeah, as you said, we've got a lot of young guys coming through and just trying to develop those guys and you know, playing forward of the ball is the hardest spot in AFL so there's going to be days when it's a little bit dry but um, you know, make sure you keep running your patterns and, and doing all those things we need and and the goals and the uh, pressure and all that stuff builds from there. Scott Pendlebury on SEN Brecky uh, earlier on today, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. The temper text temper a mattress like no other. Uh, the Harcourts open line is one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your move, your Harcourts for all things real estate. Speak to Harcourt. So uh, Jack Ginneman's uh, dad, Craig, is going to be on uh, a little later on and just speak about uh, what an incredible first 10 games that this young man um, has uh, put together. 
Uh, and this was him speaking after the game uh, about some of the criticism that he cops about uh, who he is and, uh, and what he's aiming to be. I'm just trying to be myself. Um, whatever people say about me, I don't really care. Um, I know I've got people in my corner supporting me, helping me, uh, backing me in. So, yeah, I'm just trying to be myself. When people doubt me, judge me, whatever, it, uh, yeah, I really feed off it. So it's really good. Uh, and this was Nathan Buckley uh, speaking today on SEN Breakfast uh, about Jack. Is he quick? No. I w- no, he's not quick. He's a very hard worker. He, so he's, he, he's constant movement. Yep. And he picks up what's going to happen two or three possessions down the track quicker than most. Um, and then he positions himself really well against his specific defender or finds dangerous space in the front half. So the ball carrier, when he re- raises his eyes, Jack is an option for him. Okay, so that's stuff that you can't necessarily teach. I mean, some players have an instinct for being able to find themselves in the right place well, at the right he time. He kicked 100 goals in the under-12s, which we were talking about uh, off-air. Like, You've been watching him for a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, we, we've, uh, we've got an extensive recruiting <laughs> arm. But no, he's... Uh, he's Always loved kicking goals. It's it's something that has become him. He won't. I can't see him become, becoming a midfield player. Although he's got the freedom to develop and express himself as he wishes, but he's doing what he's always dreamed of doing as a kid. And he loves the game and he loves the contest. So I think they're to be celebrated. Nathan Buckley on SEN Brecky early today. So an Anzac Day medal in just his tenth game. Uh, phenomenal effort on a on a very very entertaining game. Yesterday, it was a fantastic round of footy. What do you think the biggest news and the biggest story out of the round was? one three hundred seven three six seven three six or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 98 A lot of talk about Paddy McCartan. We'll get to that as well. And uh, some injury concerns that are coming through too. Uh, Paul and Campbell, stay right there. I'll get you straight up on the other side of this. Like the cause that I know. The Maccas Run with Sam Hargraves. The Maccas, Juicy Angus Beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Maccas today. As of last night, and you know... Yep. You know he connection, I know your connection He's to absolutely fine in terms of where he sits. Yep. He, you know, he was filthy that he wasn't allowed to be back on. Absolutely right decision made by the Sydney Swans to, to keep him off because he wasn't able to produce a couple of answers in the concussion test, yep. which he says he, he, could, he probably couldn't remember them anyway, given a good day. But it's a good decision to, to get him off. And I don't think missing a game is going to be the end of the world for Paddy. This no, week. it's going to be perfect for him. Is it just Paddy McCartan's decision to come back and play? Look, we've had this. It's not a concussion discussion, really. It's not. But we've seen what's happened with Daniel Venables, who's who's suing the league for $8 million because his life's been altered by an unsafe workplace. And we can't, we can't guarantee the safety of the workplace now. It's a dangerous field. Some people say, well, that's the risk you take playing football, but that's not the risk of the workplace. Everyone out there has afforded a safe workplace. Is it just his decision to come back to football and does it just get the tick? Or is there another component to it at some point where the AFL say, you know what, we, we, we can't guarantee you a safe workplace and given your history and your trauma that they have to step in? Is that a logical discussion at some point? Yeah, he was feeling really well after the game, which was, which was really positive. Um, yeah, he, back to himself, he was, um, yeah, I think it's just a little bit more shock for Paddy. Obviously, he's had the ongoing concussions um, over the past few years and... Um, you know, it was just a bit of a shock when it happened and uh, for him to be, you know, back to himself, feeling fine after the game, had no concussion symptoms at all, was uh, was really positive. It was just, 
yeah, I think he failed the test, um, which is pretty easy to do for anyone, really. Um, it's what you got to do these days. But, um, yeah, it's great to see him, you know, back to normal, uh, feeling great after the game. So, um, yeah, he'll miss this week. But, um, yeah, he's been a key, key player for us in defence. He's really changed our style and the way we can, you know, support each other in the air and whatnot down back. So um, we'll miss him this week. But, um, yeah, it's great that he's, uh, he's feeling well. In order, Gary Lyon on SEN Breakfast, David King on Waitley and Swan Jake Lloyd with Dwayne Russell. Just talking about Paddy McCartan, it was harrowing watching. It was calling that game yesterday, uh, the Hawthorne-Sydney game at Utah Stadium in Launceston when uh, we saw you know, not only going back with the flight, that courageous act, and then just the accidental clip uh, at the back of his head from the knee of Chad Wingard and then the scenes in the rooms were just heartbreaking um, but the good news from what they're telling us is that maybe it was nerves that meant that he got a couple of concussion protocol questions wrong. He will miss next week. They're taking every uh, precaution with Paddy McCartan. Um, but he should be back in, in a couple of weeks. It has been one of the real, the most incredible stories of the year. Probably him and, and coming back from what he has with those concussions and Sam Doherty coming back from what he has with those bouts of uh, testicular cancer. So we are just wishing him all the best, but it was really difficult to watch the scenes and he was in clear distress and frustration and anguish in the rooms after. Um, that was real emotion um, and just someone so desperate to, to make up for lost time and so desperate to be out there and to be playing. Uh, and your heart goes in your mouth whenever you see him going back with the flight, whenever you see him just throwing himself at the footy and into the contest. Um, but he's made the decision that uh, while he can, he wants to play. So, you know, when Kingy asks, should it be somebody else's decision? It is a, a pertinent question to ask, and it is a complicated question to answer. Um, and I wouldn't even presume to, to start to answer it. But a lot of be, a lot being discussed when it comes to Paddy McCartan uh, today. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. The other question is, you know, should we be getting that vision uh, in the rooms during uh, the broadcast? And people have, you know, a lot of people say that's incredible insight and it's great access. And others saying that it's quite difficult to watch. And, and what about the family? So that's been a conversation point today as well on the Harcourts open line. Your move, your Harcourts. This is. Uh, the Maccas run, earn rewards with every Maccas run with the My Maccas rewards, which has arrived. Order via the My Maccas app and start earning today. Paul's in Camberwell and wants to have a yarn. G'day, Paul. Evening, Sam. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. Um, uh, just a couple of things, actually. Um, uh, thinking about it, it's a, a bit of a slight whack for the coaches, but these boundary throw-ins where the ruckman stand three, 10 metres back where they think the ball's going to land, like, honestly, and then it's a cat and mouse to get to the ball. Why don't they just stand where they think the ball's going to land, either get front position or come in from the side and, you know, tap or punch. Punch it. Back in the day, they'd punch it 20 metres towards the goals, but tap, or, tap it to you on, on ballers, the, the ones that want the football from a boundary throw-in. They just stand far way too back and then they they're playing catch up it, it looks ridiculous because no one's got the advantage I mean just stand where you think the ball's going to be and use your body there I do get a bit of a chuckle when I see that how sometimes whether it be the shallow throw or the ruck standing so far back and then they ha they do make the attempt to, 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 to palm it to someone even though it's sort of below their knees they sort of just palm it to the ground in front of them and then whoever's there might yeah. be able to swoop so I, I hear what you're saying um, it look in in terms of the, the the issues in the game, is it up there with the ones that need to be addressed right now? There is a bit of talk, Paul. And there's been you know Eddie Maguire when he 
floated that sort of grand plan to, to, to change the way that we umpire the game, speaking about just getting rid of boundary throw-ins altogether, do you do you bring it in 10 metres and then just ball it up whenever it's a boundary throw-in or do you play, do you pay last touch? Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm, uh, I'm not so au fait on the finer points of ruck work. So it would be a good question to ask the ruck coaches and the rucks themselves, what's the thinking behind standing so far back and then coming in at a, a ball that's clearly been thrown well in front of you. But uh, I, I appreciate you raising it with us, Paul, and it's something for us to keep an eye on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Craig Ginneman, Jack Stad, is going to join me on the other side of this. Just some of the text after uh, I voiced my displeasure after a couple of calls. Well, if we had a caller earlier that voiced their displeasure about the second instance of Essendon fans, not all of them, because we shouldn't tar them all with the same brush, Essendon fans booing the Anzac Day medalist once it had been announced. Uh, it happened in 2019 with Scott Pendlebury, and it's happened again yesterday with Jack Ginevan, who kicked five. Um, I, I think that's it reflects pretty poorly on those people. I think it's disrespectful for the day. Um, and I've made my feelings known on it. And I asked you to explain to me why it's acceptable. If you're an Essendon fan, tell me why you think that's okay. Uh, and I made the point that once a siren goes, it's the game is over. The players shake hands, you know, and in the crowd we used to as well. You'd have a bit of banter with someone throughout the course of the game, and then you'd um, you'd say, "Well, you won or I won," and have a great time. You might even head off to the boozer together. Uh, off the text, just because you say once a siren goes, it's over, doesn't make it so. A lot of fans carry emotions from the result of the whole week, and if you want to let out a bit of booing, a guy who clearly wants to be public enemy number one, then they can. You're drawing a long bow by trying to connect it to disrespecting Anzac Day. Well, given that it's the Anzac Day medal on Anzac Day, I don't think that's a very long bow to draw at all. Um, and I don't think he's ever requested to be public enemy number one. He's just a young guy, 19 years of age, being himself, responding to copying what I can only imagine was a fair bit of advice through the day and just turned with the finger to the lips, which uh, we've seen in a lot of other sports before. But I thank you for your text and I appreciate your view. Uh, great show. Lifelong Essendon fan. The Booers are the same so-called fans who turned on the team during the drug saga. Disgraceful. Fine weather idiots. We don't need them. That's from Robin. Um, so there's a few texts coming through. Uh, maybe I'm in the wrong there. Maybe it is fine to boo someone who's accepting a medal on Anzac Day, called the Anzac Day medal uh, after being best on ground. Uh, Stefan is in Glenburn before we get to a break and come back with uh, Craig Ginneman. G'day, Stefan. Uh, g'day. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. No drama, mate. What have you got for me? Um, oh, just, uh, I'm an Essendon proud member, um, supporter of, you know, over 30 years and there's just a few lines that are coming out in um, trucks press conferences and it's been going on for three years now and um, I'm just wondering if we're becoming a club that sort of relies on excuses um, and what I mean by that is they're always got an answer for a poor performance whether it's um, using effort or turning up or the age or the experience and I just don't think it's good enough. Um, I've got an example so Chris Scott, the Geelong coach, he said that um, on AFL 360 um, yeah. that we don't coach effort because effort is a non-negotiable and effort is, you know, um, you know, it's expected. Uh, but Ben Rutten, as I said, keeps saying, oh, we've just turned up. We turned up today. Oh, we'll just keep turning up, you know, keep turning up. Um, and that's really a few infuriating me that he's using that a lot because um, turning up, to me is a non-negotiable, as I said, and you're a professional athlete, you're getting paid thousands of dollars, um, you know, your standard of training is full-time, 
Um, and Matthew Lloyd, he said when he joined Essendon that the expectation was to pay, play preliminary finals every year. So I'm just curious as to, you know, the language that's being used, is it giving the players an excuse? And now do the players think that, oh, you know, I can just turn up and that's good enough or I don't have to turn up or... What are, what are your thoughts? Do you think the language is wrong coming out of Essendon? Uh, appreciate the call. Um, it's not something I've given a ton of thought to, so I won't fire off before I've had time to think about it. Maybe just jog my memory on some of the things that they've had to say. I do agree that Essendon overachieved last year and with those 11 wins, whether that's an excuse for what's happening this year or not. Um, I think Matthew Lloyd seems to think that it is, and, and I'd respect his view on it as well. And I can certainly understand why fans would be frustrated uh, and believing that it could be. Um, just while I've got you, Stefan, and I know I haven't really answered your question, uh, I can see how That's you okay. think. I can see how you think it would be excuse making. Um, yeah. What did you think of Essendon fans booing Jack Ginnivan when he got the Anzac Day medal yesterday? Well, I don't think it goes to the Anzac spirit. So the Anzac spirit is team play, fairness, um, uh, skills, courage. Um, you know, and I don't think it's a very Australian, I know the Aussies like to have a boo and it's a bit of fun, but um, I don't think it goes well with the Anzac spirit, um, especially when we're commemorating something um, about team team play and, and sportsmanship. Yep. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. Jack Skinnerman likes to, you know, talk himself up or whatever. I don't care. Oh, like, he can do what he wants. But, but yeah. yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you, Stefan. And thanks for giving me your view on it as an Essendon fan. I haven't heard Jack talk himself up once yet. This is a real misconception about this guy. We're going to speak to his dad next uh, on the other side of this. He has just been announced the Round 6 NAB Rising Star winner as well, by the way. Uh, so it be fascinating to get his dad on next, which we'll do uh, on the Macca's Run. The Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's Juicy Angus Beef and the Lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. The winner of the Anzac Day medal is Jack Ginnivan of the Collingwood Football Club. Uh, so that was the moment. In just his 10th game, Jack Ginnivan became an Anzac Day medalist. He kicked five goals. No one's kicked that many since 2008 on Anzac Day when Paul Medhurst got six uh, and Travis Cloak kicked five as well. Uh, it's a phenomenal achievement for, for someone who was a rookie-listed player last year in just their second year of footy and in just their 10th game. Uh, in just their 10th game. And has just been announced as the Round 6 NAB Rising Star winner. So I thought, why don't we speak to some family? Uh, it's been... I can't remember a tenth, uh, someone in their 10th game who was a rookie-listed player having this much notoriety this early in their career. If you can tell me another rookie-listed player who after 10 games was as well-known and had done something like this and was being as talked about as Jack is, then let me know because I can't think of any player. Um, 20 years ago, I was running around in the twos at Harcourt uh, with his old man, Craig, who was coaching at the time, uh, and he's been good enough to jump on the phone uh, for, for a chat about Jack. Craig, hello, mate. Hello, Sammy. I'm good. Now, let's get one thing sorted straight off the bat. And you are the perfect person to answer this question and put this to bed once and for all. Can you please tell us how to pronounce your surname? Ginnivan. There you go. With a G, (laughs) it's Ginnivan. Not a J. Not a J. So your nickname is Guinea, obviously, because your nickname's, uh, your your surname's Ginnivan. That's how I've known you. Um, How... How have you been going in your uh, trying to get that corrected throughout uh, commentary boxes around Australia? Uh, 
I've, I've rung people. I've emailed <laughs> a few different stations, and uh, they're slowly getting getting uh, there. And uh, yeah, it's been even some of the coaches the last year couldn't even get his name right at the at the Pies, but they've sorted it out now. Oh, uh, that's great! Hey. Congratulations, uh, 10 games into his career and on the biggest home and away stage that the game has, he kicks five goals over almost 90,000 people there. I think it was around 80,000 people. You were in the crowd. How did you feel when you heard his name being read out? Well, I actually didn't hear it because like, of, <laughs> of the noise. So, right. But I was looking on the radio. I was looking on the screen because I was sitting a little bit further away from the presentation area and uh, we we're down near the goals and I uh, I couldn't hear his name but I could see it on the screen and then uh, they're all grabbing him by the head and pushing him out the out the front so yeah it was pretty exciting pretty emotional and what about the performance well yeah five goals I um, as I said to you earlier on uh, I was sitting at a pub having a few beers on the Sunday night uh, with a couple of mates and I I said to one of them, I said he'll kick five and win the medal, but didn't just as a as a bit of a joke. And uh, um, yeah, I wish I had put some money on it. Geez, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, uh, I might have to come to you for the next Anzac Day to tell me who you think is going to win the medal. Then <laughs> um, it's been a pretty meteoric rise to notoriety for him, Craig. Um, in just ten games, he's the talk of the town. Um, there's been a lot said about him. What have you made? about all the discussions uh, around your, your 19 year old son oh it sort of doesn't worry me it's you know like i i so water off a duck's back to him and myself i don't really care what um people say about him i know i know what he's like um both me and my wife and and the, his two sisters we know what he's like um we know he can um he likes to get under people's skin and, and uh, he's done that since he was six, seven years old playing footy. So uh, um, we just let him be himself and as Sly said, he just wants him to be himself. Uh, yep. It doesn't want him to change. So we've got I've got people that texting in saying, well, you know, because I wasn't happy that he was booed when uh, by certain sections of the crowd and I'm, I probably don't need to ask you how you felt about that, although I will. That... How did you feel when you heard him getting booed? Oh, regardless whether it's Zach, you know, if someone's getting a medal, I, I just think it's poor form from whoever's winning the medal and who, who are the supporters. Uh, I understand, you know, footy's an emotional game, and um, but for for someone to boo someone getting a getting a prize just because uh, they don't like him, um, I think pretty poor form, and they probably should show a bit more respect. Uh, well said. So he's like his celebrations. I mean, we, we've had just a week where we've been talking about now with with umpire descent that you can't show emotion and you can't show personality. Yet the moment that we have a great example of of, of emotion and and personality, whether you like the personality or not, it is a personality. It is someone who is just loving what is going on and what's unfolding around them. Did you get a, have a little chuckle when he turned to the? some of the faithful of in the, the red and black and just ask them to maybe hush it down ever so slightly? Yeah, nothing doesn't surprise me with Jack. Uh, <laughs> he's, just been, he's just been doing it and getting under the skin um, of uh, players since I can remember. And uh, um, he said to, I'll kick 
quick little story. He said to he lined up at, in a forward pocket one day. He was about 16, and he walked down to the full uh, the back pocket player and said, "No one cares about a back pocket player. They all want to know the forwards." You know, <laughs> just just. It's just the way he is. He just likes to be a bit controversial. Sure. You know, but that's just who he is. That's just, he's just ingrained. And as you know, Sammy, I, I wasn't, uh, I was a little bit, uh, I, uh, you were a little bit similar. Bit you, you, <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Can you? From, <laughs> no, no, exactly. So I can't really tell him to curve it down. I just, tell him just to be himself and if that means people uh, don't like him because you know he's a bit colourful and he dyes his hair and he's got white boots and it doesn't really matter these days because everyone's got white boots um, yeah. but uh, but uh, just let him be himself and we, we, we lack a, we lack we're all like robots in the AFL and um, we like people that are a bit different, you know? Yeah, uh, someone that brings a bit of a flair and, and personality. It is good for the game. Love it uh, or hate it. Um, d- the um, Were you aware that he's just been announced the NAB Rising Star nominee for, for this round? No, your producer just told me about 30 seconds before uh, I spoke to you. So that's, um, you know, it's been a pretty good week for him and... Uh, you know, probably well-deserved, um, you know, winning the Anzac Day medal and Rising Star all in the same same week. That's a pretty big week. Um, so he's he's not short on confidence, but he's not short on respect either from, from what I've seen. Um, I, I'd been reading that he'd done a, lot, a bit of fact-finding and um, had been doing some research about the history of Anzac Day in one of the Collingwood articles uh, before the round. So for those who don't know, I mean, when he's on the footy field, you've said, yeah, he likes to get under people's skin, but what kind of kid is he? Or young man, I should say. Oh, yeah, he's young, you're a young man now. But um, you know, he's left home. Uh, people don't realise what the, the the kids go through. You know, he's give up a lot to um, play. You know, live his dream, and and uh, you know, he left home, he got his car license on on the Thursday, and and drove to drove to Melbourne straight away, and lived in Melbourne. You know, so it's been um, pretty difficult for him, but he. He's able to get home, you know, being an hour and a half away from Casamayne, he's been able to get home a fair bit. And uh, the family support him and his sister support him. And it's been, um, yeah, he's just, he's just, uh, you know, a normal kid, but he's playing footy. That's, uh, um, you know, people think he's different, but but he's just a normal 18-year-old that likes going out and, you know, wearing weird clothes and, um, and, uh, you know, dyeing his hair. So I, I can't complain because I dyed my hair when I was his age. So, <laughs> but, yeah, he's just a normal kid. No, absolutely. Um, well, mate, I really appreciate you jumping on uh, and share, giving us a little insight into to who he is and, and what makes him tick and uh, and what he's all about. Um, when he was kicking 100 goals in a season for the Newstead team that you were coaching uh, at the time, and I remember reading about it, I think he was averaging seven goals a game uh, in that year, and uh, and I think you were quoted as saying, I'm happy for him to kick 100 as long as he doesn't break my record in the process. Did you ever imagine back then that he'd be where he is now on the biggest home and away stage, getting the best on-ground medal, and then a day later being announced as the NAB Rising Star nominee? I didn't think he'd be as good as what he is this quick. Um, I always thought he was good enough to... Um, there was a couple of kids 
going through, you know, um, junior footy and that I'd seen and I'd coached and, uh, you know, and there's a few in the Pioneers that I thought could probably make it, but I didn't realise he was going to be this good this quick. So I um, always thought he could make it. Um, he just had that desire since he was 12 years old, 11 years old, um, to play AFL footy. And, and like I said, he's given up a fair bit to uh, to achieve that. And, and uh, sort of dreams do come true if you were work hard and he has worked pretty hard for uh, the things that he's achieved. And just before we let you go, Guinea, would you like to send a cheerio to Kane Corns? I'm happy to pass it on. <laughs> uh, look, I, don't, I have no... I, I don't care what people say and Kane's got a job to do and um, the, the funny thing about it, he's eating a bit of humble pie at the moment. So, uh, you know, uh, it's... Uh, it's good. I saw a little uh, picture on of Kane Corns with the, as I told you before, with the old KFC. Someone say KFC. <laughs> he's uh, he's eating a bit of humble pie, and uh, <laughs> you know he's he's uh, made a few remarks, and uh, that's his job. And I don't have any issue with any um, any um, reporters reporting on on footy. It's that's their job, and that's what they get paid for. If we're all the same, we'd be all boring. So. Uh, um, no, just just say good day to him, though, for me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Hey, he had nothing but praise last night on Footy Classified. Uh, mate, thank you so much for, for jumping on. Great to chat to you again. Uh, good luck with the journey. I think it's going to be one hell of a ride. And congratulations to you and the whole family on uh, on what Jack's been able to achieve. You don't uh, do that without the support of great family and great support behind you. And you guys have been exactly that. So thanks for coming on and sharing a bit of it with us. Thanks, Sammy. Good to see you. Uh, good to hear from you, and uh, we'll catch up for a beer one day. Look forward to it. Uh, Craig Ginnivan, Jack Ginnivan's dad, uh, on the Macca's run. one 736 736 Jack, the Anzac Day medalist and the NAB Rising Star nominee, all in the last 24 hours. That's pretty impressive. Uh, 0433 uh, is the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. This is the Macca's run. Earn rewards with every Macca's run. My Macca's rewards has arrived. Order via the My Macca's app and start earning today. Macca's run quiz up next. one 736 736 to get involved. In a the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. The Macca's, juicy Angus beef and the lot. Dine in and try the Aussie Angus at Macca's today. Uh, welcome back to the Macca's Run. Time for the Macca's Run quiz. one uh, There is a very good prize up for grabs for winning uh, the Macca's Run quiz. I believe it is uh, corporate tickets to Marvel Stadium. I'll get that up on the screen in just a, a moment. Uh, Brendan's in Lynbrook. G'day, Brendan. G'day, mate. How are you going? Good. Let's rip through this. I've got a feeling we're going to hit the hard uh, out break. Uh, we might have to come back on the other side, but let's get as much of this done uh, as we can. Uh, question one, who was the last team to win the Anzac Day medal? That happened in 2002. Who was the last team? Yep, teenager. Oh, 2002, Mark McGough. There we go. Nicely done. 17 years of age. He rocked up in his school uniform, if memory serves. Uh, he made a name for himself in very quick uh, very quick fashion. Uh, what year did Fremantle famously defeat Geelong in a qualifying final at Cadinia Park? 2006. No. All right. Uh, stay on the line, Brendan. We might better get you back if, uh, if uh, we get through all the people that are here to try and win this. Uh, Brendan in Campbellfield, uh, Campbellwell, mate. Uh, 
which uh, what was the year that uh, Frio defeated Geelong uh, at Cadinia Park in the qualifying final? It wasn't 2009. Uh, so one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll have to continue the Macca's Run quiz on the other side of this. Marble Stadium Corporate Suite Double Pass uh, is up. It's an amazing prize. It could be yours. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We'll do it on the Sporting Capital after this. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.